the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In addition to taking care of one another inside the church, what if we developed a lifestyle of taking care of the most needy outside the walls of the church? How would that change the community and our city? Bob Moffat, president and founder of Harvest Foundation in Phoenix, along with Pastor Julian Gibb, talk with pastors and leaders about how sacrificial love by those in the church to those in need outside the church has helped people see and embrace Jesus Christ. It's that demonstration of Jesus' greatest commandment that we'll hear more about today on The Kingdom and Its Stories. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, uh, wherever you are, a warm welcome, perhaps you're listening on the radio or uh, on the computer. So whoever you are, wherever you are, a warm welcome to you. This is The Kingdom and Its Stories, and my name is Julian Gibb from the Harvest Foundation. Today, uh, we're blessed to have part two. You've probably been waiting all week to, to find out more about Russell and uh, his adventures around the world. And so we're blessed to have David Witt and uh, also Russell from uh, the Spirit of Martyrdom organization. And we'll, we'll give you a bit more information about, about what, what it is they do and how you can learn a bit more a bit later on. But just to recap, so uh, last week we heard um, how Russell, at a very young age, was uh, caught four, I believe, uh, was called to, to be a missionary. And this was tested and tried and prayed about. And, uh, but he went over. He, he, he said, you know, that these people do not know about Jesus Christ. You know, what, what are we going to do about it? And uh, uh, Russell went out and uh, told these people and, uh, about the love of Jesus Christ, the transforming uh, relationship that they can have with him. Uh, and when he did... Uh, it wasn't all uh, flowers and roses and uh, chocolates. They uh, they uh, tied him to a tree and uh, threatened him with his life. However, it was at that point where uh, fear would have gripped me. Um, he was uh, started speaking uh, the word of God, God's love to them, and uh, they uh, loosened the binds on his hands, brought out a table and uh, a typewriter in the middle of the jungle, which must have been quite a feat, and uh, allowed him to, to, to type out a book about how Jesus transforms and saves. And he was saying how some of these people, uh, his captors, uh, really started to want to learn more about Jesus Christ. So, so Russell, enough of me. Back to you. Tell us, you know, you, um, you were saying how your captors became interested uh, and then uh, in Jesus Christ, and they allowed you, not only did they untie you, but they allowed you to stay in their region and continue teaching about Jesus Christ, and that this led to a, a peace process. Is this correct? That is correct, and... Um a number of things happened, um, but um, they had been killing, and you know, a lot of them. You know, even we were making friends with some of them, but they were they were all over the country uh, killing pastors. One one guerrilla commander is attributed to have ordered the killings of over four hundred pastors. Mm-hmm. That's just one guerrilla commander that did that, and uh, it, it uh, was extremely dangerous for missionaries, for pastors. They were kidnapping and killing. Uh, they they even killed Catholic bishops and numerous Catholic priests. 
they just wanted to totally eradicate the idea of God uh, from society. They wouldn't allow even two people to meet in a home and sing Christian songs. If, some, if somebody insists on doing that, they'd get killed. And it just, uh, like the spirit of North Korea in their areas. And so, um, you know, Lord led us to do literature and Bibles uh, being the most important. And then radio broadcasts, shortwave radios, solar powered, fixed tuned to our frequencies. But then in order to really, uh, you know, consolidate this, there had to be personal contact. And at the same time, you know, we're responsible for a group uh, uh, in Bogota. And we took some radical steps with our young people. You know, we decided not to have a separate youth program to integrate the young people with the adults, um, not make them go to meetings if they didn't want to go, but uh, be involved in interesting things that maybe, you know, they, their, their hearts would uh, uh, zero in on. And uh, so when we started doing that about 25 years ago, uh, the amazing thing is, is we, we, we didn't lose any more young people. The, our young people continued all tracking well with the Lord. Even when they went to other countries for university, they'd still come back on fire for God. Mm. And we give them the opportunity to risk their lives for the gospel, to get involved in things that were cutting edge and reaching out to people that were very difficult to reach. Uh, starting by uh, helping in our radio studios. We do um, you know, radio um, theater with as many as 60 different voices in a given production, using everything from four-year-olds up to 80-year-olds and working all together. And uh, just amazing, amazing, amazing development of our young people and God uh, putting them on the cutting edge and, uh, you know, not trying to throw young people into harm's way. And we have to be very careful with some of the stuff that we're doing. You know, people had to actually, you know, be of age and sign a waiver in order to go on some of these trips. But, um, the young people would catch a burden. You know, one young man that missed the bus, and I don't even think he was old enough, but he got a box of books and got on the bus and went and found his own girl at camp and evangelized them. You know, people nobody had even contacted before. Stuff like that started happening, and God just multiplied everything. So where where do you start? You know, one, one thing I hear, um, you know, I, I know it's absolutely nothing compared to where you are geographically based. But so, so, some people I've been speaking to in America, they just feel this sense of darkness. There's this sense of darkness. You, know, you can't talk about God. You can't talk about this. You can't do that. Um, and yet you're in a country where if you meet and uh, sing in, 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 your, in your own front room or in your basement to God, you know, you're, you're uh, going to be prosecuted, persecuted, perhaps death. So, so you know, how do you, how do you stop with the enormity that you are facing uh, how how do you not become overwhelmed? How do you not go? Oh, it's just too dark. You know, I, I can't I can't do anything. How how do you how do you keep going? You know, there, 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 there's there's fire in your voice. You know, I can't see you, and that's fine. But I'm sure there'll be like a twinkle in your eye. What is it that that stops you from from going uh, psychologically under, but keeps going, keeps going? Okay, it's dark but uh, I'm going to do something about it. What's the power that motivates you and keeps you going? Well, whenever ever somebody does something evil to us, our response is to overcome evil with good. So we always retaliate by doing something good back to them. And so that's what keeps us sane. And that's what keeps us on an even keel. That's what keeps me from having flashbacks. I didn't have need psychologists or psychiatrists or anything like that. Um, it just uh, uh, becomes a, a way of life and just being willing to do whatever God wants and whatever he puts in our hearts, whether or not there's some good mental reasons for not doing so. 
So anyway, and and uh, people used to say, well, that's him, you know, but don't anybody else try it because you'll all get killed. But um, now there's lots of other people doing the same thing, and God has honored them too. <laughs> so uh, where where do you start? How, you know, there's there's uh, going back again. You know, it's it's uh, Christianity. You couldn't do this. You couldn't meet. Pastors were getting slaughtered. Uh, where where do you start? And what I'm particularly thinking about is there might be people listening now and thinking. I, you know, I, I'm willing. I'm willing to do something, but I, I don't know where to start. You know, what, what would you say to them? Okay, well, instead of the traditional uh, evangelization, which we've all been taught, and you know, where the goal is to try and congregate people and see how big of a crowd you can get in your church building, well, they destroyed all the church buildings. They burned them all down. They ran all the pastors out. There weren't any more meetings. You couldn't have meetings. And all of a sudden, it dawned on me. You know, something. Meetings aren't essential to Christianity. Richard Wormbrand got stuck in solitary confinement in the Soviet Union for 14 years and came out stronger than when he went in. He would preach to himself in there, and he even had a Bible verse to back it up. And anyway, uh, and he thought through and designed a whole series of books that then he put into print once he was freed, and that had a tremendous effect. And so God, you know, the only thing essential to Christianity is Jesus. And... um so we went to a relationship-based evangelism. In other words, we identify with him and let that be known. And uh, so that uh, when we go into a given area, then people will either accept us or reject us. And Jesus said that if he sends someone and they're received, he's received. And if he's received, his father who sent him is received. He said, if you even receive a little child in my name, you receive me. And so... And I began, and, and I was raised that way as a little kid. You know, we'd, we would go places and people would receive us that wouldn't receive our parents. And God would get his foot in the door. And so um, that that's the way it works for us. We're just interested in going where the Lord sends us and in identifying with the Lord so that when we get there, people can decide whether they're going to receive us or not. And so you can evangelize that way. You don't have to have religious um uh you don't have to get into religious acts that would infuriate these terrorists it's just a very simple thing and god starts touching people's hearts and first of all one by one and then how are we going to feed them spiritually well we give them a little solar powered radio and they can put earbuds on and listen to themselves and nobody else can hear you know and uh but sooner or later they'll start finding one another and little groups start forming and and uh next thing you know communist leaders getting converted and being called by God to replace the pastors and missionaries that they killed. <laughs> I've got to write that down. Hold on a second. No, I'll do it later. Uh, so, so yeah, give us more. Give us more stories. You know, because um, uh, uh, they are inspiring. You know, I've, I've just heard of uh, captors. Uh, you know, uh, becoming uh, interested in Christ. You know, and and trying to stop you from spreading the word of God and then providing you materials that will enable you to uh, to type out right about the word of God. And then you're talking about uh, communist captors who um, are seeking to kill and destroy, uh, wipe out this, 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 this thing, this, this virus of Christianity in their minds. And then uh, next thing, then, um, well, I guess like St. Paul. Really, you know, they've become St. Paul, the road to Damascus experience. One minute they're murderous threats against the church, and now they're preaching it. So give us, give us more of your stories. Well, one guy, he, uh, the army general was after him, and they killed all his men, and he holed up in a cave. He was going to commit suicide with his firearm, and 
the Lord spoke to him in an audible voice and told him not to. And Christians found him, fed him, and he surrendered. And they took him and presented him to the general. And the general didn't put him in jail, but um, let him go on to be a minister. And even today, if you interview him, he'll break into tears and and weep, thinking about all the people he killed. And and the the Christians that he killed don't bother him as much as the non-Christians that he killed. Wow. You know, and so um, you know, we'll, we'll t- tell tell us more. I mean, you know, so you you speak about how um, you know one minute you're tied to a tree, the next minute you're distributing smuggling Bibles across the border. You're setting up radio station masks to to broadcast the word of God out live. Um, well, t- t- tell us more of your ju- your journey of stories about how you have uh, God has used you to to reach out to people around the world. Tell, tell us as well about this peace treaty. I mean, that's not something you can just brush under the carpet. You know, tell, tell, how, how did that come into being? Well, one of the things that I was doing was um, um, getting small aircraft and loading them up with Bibles and radios and books and dropping those on the guerrilla's positions from the air if we couldn't get in on the ground. And I managed to get several airplanes shot up, but I never got shot down. But one day I hit a guy on the head with a book because he didn't he didn't look up when the airplane came over. And it was a book by Dr. Dobson. And the title was When God Doesn't Make Sense. But uh, so that was an interesting story. But anyway, the the um, the the gist of it was that from then on, we dropped we had ladies so little parachutes and we use them to make sure i mean we'd hate to kill somebody by dropping a bible on her head so um we we made sure you know that uh, you know there'd be no damage i mean the guy that got hit with the book wasn't seriously hurt but he did get a nice slap from that book <laughs> and um the um so i knew we were having an effect some of them were getting madder and madder and trying to shoot the airplane down but i started getting notes back and one note said this is my area. Would you please come and drop a ton of Bibles over here? We'd love to have them. And so um, I started concentrating on places where I knew they wanted to have those Bibles. And um, eventually it ended in a peace treaty. Goodness. So how, how did they, so, so first of all, you see, you just sort of snuck that in. Oh, I was shot at many times, but never, <laughs> never shot down. So, um, you know, it, it's kind of, I, I, <laughs> so I mean, I mean, you know, in those situations, is it is it when you wake up in the morning? Is it is it okay, Lord? I'm here. Use me. Uh, if today's the day that I come to be with you, Amen. I mean, uh, you know, what, what, what's going through your mind every time you wake up in the morning? Well, I don't know. I guess the Lord just kept me. You know, I was sometimes I didn't realize you know what was going on because I kept hearing these funny noises. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of like a zipping noise, you know. And I thought, well, maybe a parachute just got caught back in the tailor in the strut or somewhere you know and then it would go away and uh it wasn't a long time later i'd realize that that was the supersonic sound of bullets going past the airplane <laughs> i finally figured that one out but after they you know hit the plane but um but they never you know go protect they, they never shot me down and and finally you know the well some of these guys that were out there you know running the gorillas became Christians when the peace treaty happened. And now some of them are missionaries and, and in the ministry. And uh, can you imagine spending 40 years of your life 
in the gorillas. Never once, you know, being allowed to go to a church building or meeting or, you know, and and now some of these guys, they, they're, they're in meetings every night. You know. You're listening to The Kingdom and Its Stories. My name is Julian Gibb, and today we're blessed to have uh, David and Russell from the Spirit of Martyrdom. And uh, uh, Russell has just been sharing about uh, being kidnapped, being shot uh, <laughs> numerous times in his plane, uh, smuggling Bibles across the border and bringing in a peace treaty. So not, not bad for a day's work. Way to go, Russell. I mean, uh, I, I, I'm impressed. And um, but you're, you're not out for people to be impressed. You know, clearly your your um, your objective is to have lives transformed. And you've seen this happen through communists, uh, lots of St. Paul conversion moments, people who breathed out murderous threats against the church and uh, are now working, serving towards it. So so it's interesting to me, you know, you're speaking on the two sides, both the far right and the far left and how. Um, uh, you know, people uh, who are so angry and, and uh, focused on wiping out Christianity. Uh, however, it seems like you, 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 God's used you to touch on a real inward hunger within them. Uh, in fact, that they do want to know about Christianity. And you've seen from what you're saying, lives completely do, uh, you know, a complete flip. Uh, you know, looking to kill Christians and then looking to uh, go out and convert other people towards Christianity. So, 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 so what happened with this peace treaty? You were dropping Bibles and then um, people wrote to you and said, please drop Bibles where we are. How, how did you get these people, these conflicting people together? Well, I don't know. That's what the Lord does, you know, and there's two types of testimonies. One is the St. Paul type, you know, but that's not everybody. And there's other people that they don't, they can't really tell you when they were converted. You know, they can say, well, back here in this point in time, I was in total darkness and now I'm in the light. And it was just a gradual, you know, thing for some of them and others. It was like a huge crisis experience. And some have go through the gradual thing and then eventually have some crises. You know, it's a every case, every testimony is different. Mm. And, and the Lord knows how to do it for each and every case. And so the, the key to success is being led by the Holy Spirit. Mm. And a lot of people don't know how to hear the voice of God. And um, for me, it began in my conscience, you know, where just Lord just started putting things in my heart that um, didn't mentally seem like a good idea, like wanting our whole family to go to the mission field and things like that. But when I prayed that initial prayer asking God to call our family to be missionaries my, after my dad said maybe you when you grow up you can be a missionary and that wasn't a good enough answer for me so I knelt down at the sofa and prayed dear God please call my parents to be missionaries so I won't have to wait till they grow up well my mother was out in the kitchen and she overheard that little prayer and her thoughts were oh no that one's going to be answered and it was so, so Russell for, for, for me for those listening how do you hear the word of God? Uh, it may be different; it's different for different people. But how how do you hear the how How do you know what God's calling you to do? Well, God can speak in many different ways. He's not limited at all. You know, for some, He could cause a scripture to stand out and speak to them. For other people, you know, He can uh, somebody can tell them something and they know it was from God. But for me, it's always been deep down in my heart, in my conscience. There's been things that I just knew for sure God wanted. Mm. And uh, and when I do them, I can tell by the Holy Spirit that he's happy. And mm. so it's real simple for me. I just live to keep him happy and everything works out great. 
Well, amen. You know, there, there's so much to unpack there. We haven't got time, but but I, I'd love to learn more uh, about the spirit of martyrdom, the uh, organization that um, you're associated with, work for, whatever the correct terminology is. Um, David, tell us a little bit about, uh, I'm looking at your website as we speak. Uh, what, what, what spirit of martyrdom, uh, who are you? What do you do? Well, our mission purpose, like the way we like to say it, is internationally serving leaders who risk much for Jesus. So as we've heard from Russell, he's the poster child for truly a spirit of martyrdom where the Lord has worked in his heart of the crucified life. We've been crucified Christ, so we no longer live, but Christ lives through us. And that because of that, that he's a clean channel to be able to obey the Lord and to be able to touch lives and uh, you know bring the message of the gospel to the people that are isolated. Uh, they live in restricted, dangerous areas. Um, you know, most people aren't going to go there because uh, I think the default of most uh, even workers I've seen is the first question they ask is, uh, what will it cost me? What's the risk? Mm. Well, in the kingdom of God, that question is, and I don't think legitimate, Christ already took the risk. He already died. So he, he and he, we know he's sovereign. So the issue you know, is, Lord, what do you want me to do? Because if you want me to die there, Lord, and that's your decision, that's the best place to die, I think. And so when we can get past our fear, which the first symptom of sin in the garden was fear, where Adam and Eve, and, and Christ conquers that, now we can live in freedom and courage and faith. And that's and Russell's a, a leader, a light there that God has leveraged greatly. And so we've built relationships like this because Russell hit it well. It's all built upon relationships. And um, around the world, we're working globally in the persecuted and, un, uh, and unreached areas of the world uh, through uh, credible uh, witnesses of Christ, martyrs uh, on the ground. And so we're able to channel God's word and, and support and encouragement uh, to build up the kingdom. And so if people want to connect with us at spiritofmartyrdom.com. We'd love to get Russell's book in people's hands. Uh, we have a lot of other books. Uh, we're doing the Bible distribution of 2 million Bibles we're praying for. Bibles for Venezuela.com. And there's just a lot of ways and resources. It's, uh, we're very multi-layered. There's just a lot going on there because we are working with very talented, again, clean-hearted people who are being very productive uh, for the Lord's work. And I'm, I'm looking on your website here, and, you know, it, it's it, clearly it's not just, uh, you know, you're focused on word, amen, and deed, you know, the two combined. I'm looking at here, you know, dealing with extreme poverty in Mexico, uh, you know, Bibles by the boatload in Venezuela, lots of wonderful stories, you know, where, uh, you know, like people like me sort of can get paralyzed. It's kind of like, oh, I don't know what we can do, you know. Uh, and yet it seems that, you know, you just do. And so um, I just want to say to those like me, uh, those listening on the radio uh, and on the computer, that you don't have to go to Colombia. Um, you don't have to go to places around the world. If God's calling you there, then amen. Um, but, uh, you know, God is calling you to your family, to the person in the room next door, uh, you know, to, to, to the person across the street, to the person in your workplace. You know, those are just as relevant. You know, we, we may not all be tied to a trees and doing wonderful things like these two guys, but, but we, we are, you know, because the Lord has called us to be in a certain place at a certain time, and, and all is extremely important. So anyway, thus endeth my sermon. Uh, back to you guys, because we're here to listen to you. So uh, I'm looking, uh, remind me again, it, it's the, uh, your website address. Can you give that again? 
spiritofmartyrdom.com. So a lot of people don't know how to spell martyr, so it's M-A-R-T-Y-R-D-O-M.com. And that comes to the Greek word witness or martus, where we get our martyr word uh, witness. And that's why our ministry, we want to promote God's clean witnesses who are living by faith and not fear and producing much spiritual fruit around the world. And I'm looking on here as well on your website, and a number of the books are free. And so, um, you know, uh, for those listening, do go online, uh, get a book. Uh, and if you are able to donate, then, then please do go ahead. But, uh, you know, I, I, for one, I have one in front of me, will be, will be reading. And I just want to say, guys, that it's been a real blessing. Uh, and I ask, Russell, what would you say is your final uh, comment? What, what, what's, what, what would you say to those who are listening? Uh, some may even be somewhat paralyzed by uh, the thought of doing what you're doing. But what would you say to someone who is a believer in Jesus Christ, who wishes to serve him, but just thinks like, well, Russell's a superhero. You know I mean, he's a spiritual superhero, but not me. What would you say to them? Well, you need to actively, you know, be engaged with the Lord. You know, if you go to if you go to bed, if you go to sleep in peace with God, making sure there's nothing between you and him that he's asking you to straighten out that you haven't been willing either to admit or to do whatever he says regarding that. Well, if you get to the point where you can go to bed in peace with God, guess what? You'll wake up in fellowship with God and he'll start showing you what to do. Well, amen. See you hear that. Just uh, be close to the God and uh, to, to the Lord and just start. You've been listening to The Kingdom and Its Stories with David and Russell from the Spirit of Martyrdom. Thank you and God bless. Jesus defines discipleship as come and follow me. Next Monday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360, we'll hear another testimonial from a leader demonstrating how they and the people of the church are sacrificially loving the needy and beginning to see real change in their communities. If you have a personal example of how you are being the hands and feet of Jesus with your neighbors, we'd love to hear from you. Enter your story at harvestfoundation.org. That's harvestfoundation.org on the Contact Us tab. You can also subscribe to the podcast on The Kingdom and Its Stories on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.